slammed by Boykins. Look at him fly the length of the floor. Oh my goodness, did he get up? And did he come down with a sledgehammer? What's up, everybody? Not My House podcast coming at you with a very special guest today. He's considered perhaps the biggest, actually, in our opinion, he's considered the biggest NBA loyal fan. Um, a huge fan of Los Angeles Clippers. He's one of the most famous clean hecklers remaining in the NBA today. Um, big round of applause. Big, big special guest, Clipper Daryl. Clipper, Daryl, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, man, you know, you, you hit me up a day after a game, man, and we <laughs> lost to a big, the biggest rivals, man, that, that I feel that I've been a Clipper fan for 27 seasons, man. And losing to them for all these years and finally having a great team and be able to be competitive, man, to win, it, this one hurts tonight, man. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, blaming, I'm blaming that dude Jack Hartlow, man, for this loss right now, okay? Because yeah. if he never snitched on Lou Williams, we would have won this game. We would have won that game last night. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I wanted to ask about Lou. And, I mean, we'll talk more about this game. Uh, but first, we want to start with some more lighthearted stuff. We want to get to know a little bit more about you, and then we'll get to the heartbreaking loss of last night. But were you born and raised in Los Angeles? Born and raised, baby. Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. Yeah, what was that like growing up as a kid? Oh, yeah, I mean, man, fun, great, man. I had a great life, man. I had great parents, man. I grew up with my both mom and dad, so that you know they were, I was all in one household. So we had fun, man. They showed they showed us the world. We went traveling around the world, man. You know, we took took a summer off and just just traveled, man, and just had some fun, man. When I was a little kid, so you know, family family means everything to me. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I mean, that's got to be huge to have both parents involved um, in your life as a young kid, also. Um, mm-hmm. Were you always into sports when you were a kid, or what was it that got you into sports? Oh, I was a baseball, football guy. That that, yeah. that was my sports. Basketball, man, I'm, I was always been too short, man. I didn't get on my first Magic Mountain ride till I was 15. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, quit laughing. Y'all laughing too hard. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so that's how Yeah, that's how I was, so sports. But, but I was a football, baseball guy. Yeah, were you, uh, did you cheer for all the LA teams like Dodgers, Angels? I mean, what were your teams growing up? I didn't really, I didn't really, I didn't really get into sports until later, later, like you know, after high school. Then, then I really, I really got into it. I started looking at. Uh, I mean, because I just used to watch the games, man. My, me, me and my dad used to sit there, man. You know, watch games. That's when the games used to be like one fifty to one seventy, one fifty to one thirty five, and stuff. You know. Right. And and we we had so much fun, man, just spending time together, man, and watching the games, man. I missed that with him. For sure. And so you said uh, your sports were baseball, football. Did you play those in high school, or was that just more of uh, something that you played on the side growing up? Now, um, when I got to high school, I, I wanted to play football, but I had a jerry curl at the time. So uh, I had to cut my hair. We, we had a, a, a Muslim coach. And we had to cut your hair. At the time, I could have went to the board. But, you, you know, you really don't know about the rules and regulations until after you, you graduate. But I could have went because I was, I was a great football player, man. I had 4-2 speed. Oh, uh, wow. I, I was, yeah. And uh, I, was, I was real fast. So, and then, um, and then with baseball, man, baseball was my, you know, was, was my second love. You know, I, let, I still lead the league at the park, man, in stolen bases, man. Helen Keller Park, man. Never forget it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, and leading the league in stolen basement. That was, you know, I was I, I was a little quickie, you know. And uh, so I used to be mischievous in, in high school. So I was always getting sent to the dean's office. You know, I graduated with a 3.6, but, you know, I used to like to have fun. I was a class clown. So the the, uh, the coach, the dean of the coach, right? I mean, the, the dean of the school was the, was the baseball coach. And, he, and when I told him I wanted to come out and try out, play baseball, that's when I, that he told me he was a coach. He said, don't come try out. I don't want you on my team. I was like, wow. Yeah. So, but, you know, at the time, I didn't think of it. But check this out. Um, 
you know, forward it 30 years later, guess who sits in front of me at the Clipper game? <laughs> the coach, right? Exactly. The, the oh, dean. man. And now I'm sitting there, and he said, oh, man, I knew you was going to make it. Man, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's great. Um, you know, and according to your website, I did a little bit of research on you. Because, I mean, I, I always knew who you were uh, throughout the years, but I wanted to get, know, get to know more about you. But it looks like you have a really meaningful story to how you actually became a Clipper fan. Uh, mm -hmm. would, would you mind sharing uh, maybe a little bit more detail on that story? I mean, I mean, the basic, the synopsis of the story, man, I got, I got fired from a job. And the guy told me I'd never mount anything in life without him. So you know how you get fired? You feel sorry for yourself. Went home, popped on the couch, turned the TV on. Clipper game comes on. They said the same thing about them, how horrible they was, how they never mount anything. I said, this is going to be my team. We're going to ride and die together. Right. And that's how I became a Clipper fan. And then, you know, then when I could actually afford, in the year 2000, I could actually afford season tickets. Man, I never looked back, man. I've, I've only missed two home games in, uh, in 20 seasons. And, and last night was my first Clipper-Laker home game ever. I mean, I mean, 20 seasons missing. Wow. Jeez. After 20 seasons, that's the first. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so you, you became a season ticket holder in 2000, 2001. I, I, I mean, I remember that team. I mean, that was a bad team, but they were a really fun team. They are electric. I think that's the team of Darius Miles, right? And, like, yep. Lamar Odom. So that's exactly. your, so that your first year. I mean, um, is that when the name Clipper Daryl starts to come alive, or when did the Clipper Daryl start? Oh, they used to call me the Dancing Man because I used to dance in the aisle. You know that song by uh, by Two Unlimited? Are you ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, yeah. so I used to dance, and the camera used to come on me, so I used to dance in the aisles and get the crowd hype. And and the and and the first time that I went on, the crowd went crazy. And they showed me back in slow motion, man. And I got a standing ovation. <laughs> That's awesome. And then every and from then on, every game from then on, they started uh they started every time that song comes on, they point the camera straight to me. And that's how that's how that's how it all happened. Yeah. And you know, so you know, it has been fun, man. But uh Clipper Daryl didn't come until because they called me the dancer, man, and a radio station called 1540 The Ticket Man with Dave Smith and Corndog brought me in one day. He said, man, I'm tired of you. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of you. I'm tired of us calling you The Dancing Man. We got to give you a name. So we got everybody got calls in. You know, the people's calling in, giving me names and stuff like that. So Corn and Dave looked at each other and they was like, Clipper, Daryl. Clipper, Daryl. <laughs> and that's how, that's how I came. You know, so I gave a big shout out to Corn Dog and uh and Dave Smith, man, from fifteen four. Now that, that that radio station no longer exists, but <laughs> <laughs> them guys are seen, they they still around because Corn is a season ticket holder, and yeah. uh, Dave Smith still he's still in the radio. He does national radio now. Yeah, and I mean, it, your passion for the Clippers is something that I've I've always enjoyed. Um, and I've even seen pictures. I mean, you have the BMW with the custom Clipper colors and the logo on it and the autographs. I mean, what is there any other everyday items that you've customized and Clipper stuff that maybe we don't know about? Because, I mean, your house is red and blue too, right? Yeah, wait till you see the new car that's coming out. Oh, yeah, you got a new one coming? <laughs> I, got a, I got a new one. I got, the, I got, I got a bigger body. <laughs> You're going to love this one. But, uh, you know, I mean – um, you know, I represent day, I mean, all day, 24, seven, seven days a week, man. My whole wardrobe is Clipper gear. So I got a lot of, I got a lot of Clipper gear, man. You know, st stuff they gave away stuff, you know, I got a lot of that stuff, you know, boxes of it. You right. know, I remember, I remember we used to go places and it was funny because it was, nobody really never showed up, you know, to these places of signings. So the Clippers used to have two or three boxes left of shirts Man, the, the, one of the representatives, man, I hope I ain't snitching him out, but uh, used, to give me, used to give me a box every time. And so I, that's why I got a lot of shirts. I get a lot of, I got like, you see all these L.A. always now. I mean, even even now, they, you know, I still get a lot of stuff. But before, it, of the old Clipper stuff, man, I got a gang of that stuff, man. But a lot of stuff was, was uh, destroyed when I, because uh, my, my back room is dedicated. You know, I have a half court. I mean, I got a court in my backyard. You know, they got the Clipper logo on the ground. Oh, and then I got a room 
that's dedicated to the Clippers. That's red, white, and blue. I got red, white, and blue walls, red, white, blue chairs, red, white, blue couches, red, white, and blue floor. But it got flooded out when we had that terrible rain. So now it's getting now it's getting put back together. So it it, it probably won't be put put back together until the end of the year though, because I'm taking my time with it, you know. Because right. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get some new stuff put into it. Uh, like a lot of my like pictures and memorabilia that I had, man, was ruined in in the um, in the flood. I mean, yeah, in the flood because I didn't realize because I don't go in the room all the time, so the, the water got so high and it and it came on the walls. Oh man! So it dropped a lot of stuff down. You know what I'm saying? Because it's because it, I have a, a a pool, so it's my pool house. So um, when you go in there, you know I don't go in there every day. So when I went, when I finally went in there, man, I, I cried like a little baby, man. I was like, man, it it, it was re- very painful for me. Yeah, I mean that's years of you know memories essentially, and all the memorabilia. I mean that's uh, that's really too bad to hear. Um, you can't get none of that back. Yeah, I mean that's that's irreplaceable. Uh, you mentioned you have the court in your backyard. I mean, you must have some game then. Do you have a jumper? I mean, what, what you gotta have. I, a I can't play a lick of basketball. Like, people always <laughs> invite me out to celebrity games. They say, Daryl, come out and play. We want you to play. I said, man, I hosted for you guys. But <laughs> I, I, I can't play, man. I, I played in a church league, man. And, you know, the only time I went in is when we was up. You know how you just got the momentum? The yeah. momentum going? And it was one time they passed me the ball. Man, I'm at the three-point line, man. And I just threw it up, man, and it went in. The momentum <laughs> was there, so. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love basketball, man, but I can't play it, man. My dad used to play it, but I couldn't play it at all. Yeah. Hey, Daryl, I got I to talk to you about this because I think it's important. I think fans are important to sports, and I think uh, I think it makes such a difference in terms of momentum like you just talked about. Um when did you feel like you noticed you were making a difference at the games? When when the players, when Elton Brand came, uh, he was leaving one day, and, and he called me over to his car, and he told me, thank you, and I appreciate everything that you do. And I was like, man, I was like, wow. Elton Brand really felt that about yeah. me. And then when you hear fans tell you thank you, appreciate you, I'm on this. I'm on this app called Cameo, right? And it's you know, and it's where people like to give shout outs. So people pay to give shout outs. I got the cheapest one because I'm, I'm not trying to overcharge nobody. Yeah. I'm not trying to make no money. I just want to have fun with it. So I do a lot of birthday shout outs, and people tell me, man, you inspired me to do this. You you're the reason why I'm a Clipper fan. I mean, those feelings, man, are priceless, man. You can't you can't buy none of that, man. And, and when when you realize it, man, you just gotta stay humble, man, and just and just go with the flow, man. I don't take I don't take none of this for granted, man, because it can end tomorrow. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Me and Zach were talking about that last night, and it was we were we were saying it's like it's like you and Spike Lee, mm-hmm. like the two guys that everybody always thinks about. You know what I mean? First, it's like those are the first two guys you always think about when you think about fans, like guys mm-hmm. that you know, um, that are huge for the organizations, in my opinion. Um, my next question is, is do you feel like the Clippers understand your worth to the organization? Because I feel like you have a lot of worth to the organization. I feel like a lot of times people don't realize how much one specific person, like I'm a huge New York Jets fan, and, and the, there's a guy that, that does a Jets chant, and mm-hmm. he, he didn't go for a year. He, he boycotted the team. And mm-hmm. the vibe wasn't the same in the stadium. You could tell. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I wonder, do you, do, you feel like they, do you feel like they understand your worth to the organization? I mean, I believe, I believe they do. But, you know, you know how sometimes everything is they don't want to piss off other fans that might, get, that might get upset because they're putting more attention on this fan here. Right. You know, so I think that's what is more, more or less. You know, you know um, my my thing is, I, I mean, I do it because I got the love for the for the and passion for the team. Sure. So it's it's fun to me, you know. When 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 a sponsor walks up to me and asks me, can I, I can get paid for this to go out and host events or come and speak out of school and talk to the kids to uplift uplift stuff like the uplift kids and the youth. I mean, those are those, those are those are things. That's why that's why I ended up doing a nonprofit and donated it 
you know, in honor of my parents because my parents mean everything to me. And they brought me, they brought me up to give back, to make sure that you give back to the, to the community and stuff like that. So I do, like, I, like I've been hosting a, um, an event for the past 10 years for the LAPD. And uh, it's called a National Night Out. And I've been doing that for the past 10 years. But this will be the first year I can't even do it because of the because of the coronavirus. But, sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Like, yeah, so it, it, it's crazy, man. But, you know, the acknowledgement, man, you know, to be able to sit next to Steve Ballmer the first, the first uh, year that he owned the team, it was was priceless for me, man. You know, uh, that that was that was that's a memory, man. That's always going to stick with me the rest of my life. Uh, where I was two two seats over from him, and I'm doing the Let's Go Clippers chant, and he's doing the defense chant. We chest bumping, high fiving each other, and the first game it was the first game of the season. He owned the team. It was against the Lakers, and it was the Lakers home game. Yeah. So. That's what so it's all about. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing, man, but I think that's what is more or less, you know, because you know how some fans, they be like, well, I'm a bigger fan than him. I think we all fans. Yeah. Some people just show their, their fandom in different ways. Yeah. That's all it is. Have you, uh, have you had to turn down advertising opportunities? Um, no. No. Okay, that's no. cool. No, I don't have to. Uh, all I do is let them know what I'm doing. So it don't contradict, so it don't contradict what they're doing. That's all it is. It's a, yeah, yeah, that makes it's a communication because this is what what can happen, right? You have a Ford dealership on one side of the street, and you have a Chevy dealership on another side of the street, right? So right. they want me to host an event. So the Ford people want me to host an event because the Chevy people is about to do an event with the Clippers. That type yeah. of stuff I won't do. Anything that has to, you know, disrespect my team, I'm not doing. Sure, sure. You know sure. what I'm saying, but everything else, no. I I do a lot of stuff, man. I'm sponsored by a few a few people, man. So it's it, it's been fun for me, man. It's been a it's been a great ride, man. Yeah, uh, you know, another question I have for you that that I was thinking about last night when I was doing my research that I thought was kind of interesting is you've been a fan for a long time. You've been going to the games, like you said, for a long, long time. You know, miss you said I think me missed two two home games. Yeah, in twenty years. You were saying, um. The, the question I have for you is, since you've been doing this for a while, do the younger Clipper players treat you differently because they remember you coming up when they were kids compared to uh, 97, 98, 99 when you first started being a fan? They, you know, the, 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 younger, the younger guys, they remember. Some remember and some don't. Some don't even know. Some don't, yeah. even, you know. Because okay. a lot of people, you got to remember you got to a lot of people because we only been good for the past ten years, basically. Right. That people been ready. I, so people didn't don't, didn't even come to Clipper games. So you know a lot of kids, you know, because you know people don't look at basketball like that. Like you know, I'm a I'm a basketball junkie, so I look at games day in and day out. I know this team backwards and forwards. You yeah. know, but to be acknowledged by the players every year, all the players acknowledge. You know. Um, I mean, you know, to Lou Will, to Pat Bev right now, to, you know, um, Jermichael Green, to Kawhi Leonard, to Paul George. You know, um, those are, I mean, these are like icons, man, that that I look, that, that, you know, I know I'm older than them, but my thing is, hey, y'all play this game. And and for them to have that respect for me, you know, it was like I, I showed up at a, at a Lou Williams pop-up and he was doing his shoe signing, right? And Lou Williams was like, man, it ain't no party until Clipper Darrell shows up. He put that on Instagram. <laughs> so those are little things that 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 these players do that that's off the chain for me, man. That that's you know, it's it's like I like I rather have uh, a a person's phone number than to take a picture with him or an autograph. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's yeah. talk. Let you know. Let let's be friends. And that's what usually happens because people look at me and they say, well, Daryl, you know what? I think I got something for you, man. I got this foundation. I think I want you to host this event, man. That's why, like, for, for the past six years, I've, I've hosted the uh, Snoop Dogg, Matt Barnes, Celebrity Flag football game every year. Oh, nice. yeah. you know? nice. That's yeah. why Snoop, me and Snoop go at it all the time. Man. <laughs> we, we cuss each other out all the time because he's a Laker fan. You know? Right, right. And he's, yeah, a, he's a good little uh, – he, he was a hell of a football player back in the day, and his kid is actually really good too. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. But it's now his kid is he's acting and modeling now. So oh. you know, he don't he don't have to get hit upside his head no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's got to be fun to kind of have these fan rivalries with guys like Snoop, though, and everything. I mean, it, it's just really cool to see how, you, how you've evolved as a fan and to see mm-hmm. you have, like, these friendly rivalries. And one of the things is you're known as one of the last remaining clean hecklers in the NBA. And I, think <laughs> that, I, I think it's important. Like, I, I really do because you see so much hatred from fans these days, you know, as far mm-hmm. as some things they say or attacking people's families or race. Um, but, I mean – as a heckler for you, as a clean heckler, I mean, what's your strategy going into it? I mean, do you have a strategy when you go into heckling? Or, I mean, what's your go-to? I just I, – I have a, a – it's it's just a fun event. Uh, when I do the um, the ugly chant, I, I usually try to find a star player or one of the ugliest guys on the team, you know. <laughs> one that don't look that good. Just have fun. Just have fun with it. Uh, I did. I did. I told Tony Allen one time, right, and uh, and it was funny. And uh, Tony, when Tony saw me, I was uh, sitting courtside one day. He walked up to me and said, "You know, you got your nerve to call me ugly, man. Have you ever looked in the mirror?" <laughs> <laughs> so those those are the things that, like, you know, it's priceless, man. Just uh, just to to have, man, and um, you know, just to be be a part of to be a part of the game. Yeah. And uh, when people tell me that I'm one of the cleanest heckers left, man, when New York Times did that story on me, man, it was it was priceless, man. You know, and being compared to Spike Lee, Jack Nicholson's and, and you know, of the world, man, is it, it's like it's dreamy, man. It's like a dream come true, you know, that I never dreamed about. You know, I, I never thought this was going to turn into what it was, man. It was just a guy having fun at a game and, and, and you know, and supporting his team, man. You know, yeah. be passionate about his team. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I I think it's great that you can heckle without being vulgar. Um, but I mean, have you ever slipped up? Has there ever been a time where you just got overly heated and you kind of got away from your clean ways? I mean, have you always been consistent? No, I've always been consistent. I've never. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't. You know, you can't. You know. Uh, now you can. Other fans uh, uh, uh how you go crazy. Yeah. You know, but see. What I've learned in this business is now is that when people like you, when your own fans like you, they defend you. So sometimes you ain't even got to say anything. Right. So it, it's, it, it's funny because where I sit at in the stadium, next to me is always the opposing family, right? So when uh, the opposing family of other, other teams, we go back and forth. We, we have fun. At the end of the game, man, we shake hands, man, and we move on to the next – you know, hey man, good luck to your team. Good luck to yours, man. That's it. Yeah. Because it's, it, it, it's fun. It's not a you know what what people what people get caught up on right is that why am I disrespecting you? I don't even know you. Right. How can I call you names and I don't even know who you are? You could be my next boss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Good point. Good point. Yeah. So you treat people the way you want to be treated. You know what I'm saying? You talk to people the way you want to talk to them you know, the way you want to be talked to. And that's how I treat everybody. That's why, you know, I, you know, if, if, if you could be LeBron James to the person that's bagging groceries at the, at the liquor store. I'm going to treat you the same way. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like I'm better than nobody. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun thing. People know who I am. You know, I've signed autographs. I took a gang of pictures. I've been in commercials. I've, I've done a lot. But I'm still Clipper Daryl. I'm still Daryl Bailey. And I still like to have fun. I still like to sit down and eat. And that's why I do these little fan shows and, and get, get, get on people's podcasts because I know when I first started how it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know it, it's no disrespect. Like, I, 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 I jump on everybody's podcast. But I try to, like, you have an actual show. There's some people that don't have an actual show. They just say they got a podcast just to get you on it. And that's why a lot of players don't jump on just anybody's stuff and they do research on it. Right. You know? Yeah. Because I do anything one time. If I don't like it, I won't do it again. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? I, and, I, and, and, and I give the reasons why. You know, your podcast wasn't, you know, it's like you, I just got on your show because you felt like a fan. You just wanted to, you know, because I had one person reach out to me because they knew I knew some, somebody, a, a, a celebrity that I'm friends with. 
and they wanted me to have them on with me on their podcast. I said it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know I mean, you, you gotta generally <laughs> want to get to know the person that you want to bring on the show. And exactly. But they wanted one of my celebrity friends on the show with me, you know. I said, come on now. <laughs> so, no, you so were born yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you just called me up to get. So, so what I told them, because I knew what their price was, I gave them their price. I get them for you. I call them right now. And we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, and no, I mean, we really appreciate you being on today. And I mean, I think that you're such an important staple to the Clippers. That's like truly why we wanted to have you on. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm just curious because you kind of, went through it all, all the ups and downs, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly at the Clippers. But I'm, yeah. I'm just curious. I know the Donald Sterling situation was kind of a dark cloud over that organization for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was your personal experience with uh, Donald Sterling, if you had any, and if you don't mind me asking? And, uh, I mean, did you hear any stories from players or people within about that before it even became a story? I mean, man, I have, I've, got, I've got any stories, man. I mean, who, what fan can say? They got to ride on a team plane with Donald Sterling. Right. You know, yeah. with the team. Donald Sterling put me up in the Rich Carlton. Elton Brand gave me tickets to the game. 2006, game seven of the playoffs, man, when we played the Phoenix Suns. Priceless. Donald Sterling one time didn't, um, didn't come to a game. So Steve Stoveroff, man, the commissioner of the LAPD, uh, comes up to my seat. He says, hey, man, Donald just called me, man, told me he wants to give you his courtside seat for the game. So – I mean, I'm sitting courtside in Donald Sterling's seat. So my experiences with Donald Sterling have been very, very, very encouraging, man. You know, I don't, I don't have nothing bad to say about him, man. Even when, even in passing with Donald, he always pulls me, hey, hey, Daryl, man, what do you think about the team this year, man? I said, yeah. I'm loving it. You know, I, I believe, you know, I believe, you know, we're going forward with a, with a lot of things, man. I said, but you know, you gonna, you gonna have to open up your pocketbook though. <laughs> so he used to laugh about that. He said, "Man, they try to get my money." Huh? I said, "They need that's what they want." <laughs> so, so we have, you know, the camaraderie, the uh, the uh, the conversations that we've had always been pleasant, man. I I've never had a bad conversation with Donald Sterling. Man. He's always treated me with respect and dignity, man. Yeah, and I mean that's really great to hear because uh, you just heard a lot about the bad during those times. So it's it's good to hear that you had a good experience with him. Uh, I mean, you think let let's think about it, right? You have a mistress, right? Right. You got you got you you got your wife at the house, and you got a mistress that you told your innermost secrets to, right? Why would you think a person that you're taking care of would actually take a video camera and film you? Yeah. And then sell it to TMZ. Who does that? Right. That's unheard of. To me, as a man, what you say to the privacy of your own home is your business. Yeah. That's it. Bottom line. Is he prejudiced? I can't say who's prejudiced, who's not. I've never had a prejudice moment with him. So Donald Stone is okay with me. I wish him all the best, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that um, because those are kind of the stories that we don't hear about. Uh, but, you know, I also want to ask um, about Steve Ballmer when he first came in. <laughs> I think I already know the answer from your reaction. But, uh, I mean, could you feel the team starting to go in more of a winning direction uh, as soon as he arrived? Or, I mean, did you have your doubts on him? Or, I mean, what were your thoughts uh, when he first came to the Clippers? Man, I did my research on him, man. When I seen his his Microsoft talks that he's how he used to talk to people, run across the stages and all that, bro. I was like, man, he, he, what's up, baby? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm watching my, my granddaughter was asleep, so she was like, let me hold on for one second. <laughs> sorry about that. No, you're fine. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you could feel it's going to be more of a winning atmosphere right away, I'm assuming, right when he arrived. You know what? Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what type of owner he would be. But when I seen him open up his his bank, his his, uh, checkbook, then I knew. Yeah. When I when I seen his cheering, his antics, you know, I'm not even going to call him out. His passion and love for the game was priceless. And I knew he was going to be a great owner after that. Yeah. 
and I mean, he made it very clear just with the way that he is in the stands and everything. I mean, I've always really enjoyed watching him at the games. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you before I hand you off to Eric. Um, uh, with, if you don't mind me asking, there's a dispute over you using the word Clipper in your name. Can you mm-hmm. maybe walk us through that whole situation and how it got cleared up? You know, my thing is, I would love to talk about it, but we settled that situation, and I definitely would like to leave it in the past. It was, it, it was like, it was a situation that when you fight with your mom or your dad, your brother, your sister, and it got it got real heated. Yeah. But we came, we 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 went back, we went to the table and, and we talked about it and got through it. You know, yeah. so I don't want to live, I don't want to live in the past because that was the old regime and this is the new regime right now. Yeah. But yeah. That, that situation was very painful for me. Yeah. It hurt. It hurt. Um when they already knew that I was that people was hiring me for different events. So that wasn't new to them. But you know, overall. You know, we came to a we came to an agreement, and man, I'm still Clipper Daryl. I still got my name and it's and it's trademark. Good, good, and as it should be, to be honest with you. Hey, um, so talking about Lob City compared to the new team, <laughs> um, obviously, the Lob City was so exciting, and that team had a ton of potential. Um, what's the difference between Lob City and this team? In terms of, of, of energy? No egos. Okay. No egos. Okay. It's not it's not Kawhi's team. It's not Paul George's team. It's not Patrick Beverly's team. It's the LA Clippers. Okay. And and that's what makes it that's what makes a, a big difference. When 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 you play for the logo, when you play for the logo for the name of the team and not play for yourself, that's what happens. Yeah. Oh absolutely I agree with you. And 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 like I could probably say this, maybe speak for you on this one. That had to been one of the most exciting days as a fan for you when they when they got Kawhi and Paul George. I'm assuming. I mean, I could not believe you guys landed both of them, bro. I if you seen the video that I did with, with to Snoop, because Snoop told me that Kawhi was coming to the Lakers. <laughs> bro, I went out. I was I was asleep on the couch. One of my guys, Tony Farmar, called me. He said, "Daryl." He woke me up because I was I was asleep on the couch because I I was going to Vegas early that morning because I wanted to go see the Clipper Laker game at Summer League, right? So, man, when he called me, I said, "Man, Tony, don't play with me right now, man. I'm right. asleep." <laughs> right? <laughs> Bro, all of a sudden when I said that, my phone my other my, my other phone started blowing up. Blowing up, yep. yep. And then I knew, knew, bro. I ran outside. I screamed in the house. Ran outside. Did a video to Snoop. Came back in. Got dressed because I, I was in my PJs. Got dressed. Went down to the uh, Staples Center. <laughs> came through the Ritz Carlton, yelling. Hey, got on the DJ mic. We got Kawhi and Paul <laughs> Ran some L.A. Live. Went in front of uh, Staples Center. Did a video for Snoop. Man, I was I was the most excited around. And to be able and to to see Kawhi, to meet Kawhi and Paul George, and see how humble they are, man, priceless. You have to love it too, right? Because I mean, me and Zach are old school basketball fans, and we both love when the NBA is at its most competitive. And I think it's it's neat to see the Clippers having such a juggernaut team, and you always hear about the Lakers having that team, and now the Lakers get you know LeBron. And you're just starting to see, I think, L.A. basketball becoming what L.A. basketball should be again, which I think is which I think is great to see personally. Um, mm-hmm. But your team, I mean, the team is, I mean, I think Noah's a sneakily good move. Yep. Personally, I think that I mean, I'm a huge Knicks fan, and I think we didn't use them right, and I think I think that's I'm a move. That, that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I think um, I think your team's set up like you said, like a team. Yeah, 
like the logo. And, and I think that's going to help you guys out as long as you guys gel as a team because of how weird this season's been with the coronavirus and the stop start and everything. Yeah. If you guys gel as a team, I think you guys are going to be super dangerous this year, man. That's just my opinion, personally. But. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, your opinion, your opinion counts, man. Everybody has one. Right. And, you know, but this team, if you, if you look at the game last night, right, and you seen, you, you look at Kawhi, Kawhi knew his game wasn't on. He wasn't at his spot. He said, hey, here, here, Paul, end it for us, man. Yeah. You see, but at the end of the day, though, man, these guys love one another. They respect one another. And the, the common goal is to win a championship. And and in, in, in the winning a championship, when you have a great ownership to the front office and everybody that works for the Clippers, man, are, man, are in good spirits, man, it's, 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 it's an unbelievable situation, man. It's totally different, man. And to have two teams in L.A., that free agents want to come to because it's been a long time that nobody would come to the Clippers because of because you know they knew Donald Sterling wouldn't pay, you know. Right. But I, I I used to tell people free agents I say man name me one person that Donald Sterling didn't pay that went on a superstar status. Right. You can't. You really can't name That's nobody. That's a really good point. You know That's he was really he was very, he was very smart with his money so he was a great businessman. You know, uh, Steve Ballmer brought people in to make great decisions for him, to put him in the right decision. So he, you know, he got great consultants. I mean, when he brought in Jerry West, man, I was like, wow. Right. You know, so when you when you see that, you be like, man, I could I be in awe? You know, I had a I had a ten minute I had a five I'm sorry I had a five minute conversation with Jerry West with wow. the best kind of was the best conversation I had, man, in, in a long time with somebody like that. Yeah. So, uh, Daryl, what we wanted to ask you is, you know, Joe Kim Noah has been getting kind of a lot of hate from some of the fans around the league. And I don't really know why, because I feel like he's a great fit for the Clippers and that team. I think he meshes well with Patrick Beverly and kind of their defensive mindset. I mean, how do you think he's fit in? How does he look to you so far? He's a role player, man. He fits in just fine, man. He does what he's supposed to do when he when he gets in there, man. See, w- what I've realized now is like there's 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 people that like the game, and it is there's people that just like to argue. If if you know the game of basketball, you know that he's a great fit for the LA Clippers. Yeah. But if you if you just a name person, like the name drop. You know what I'm saying? Like people come up to you and say, oh, man, I just shouldn't talk to, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard. You know, hey, what's, what, what's wrong with talking to Jermichael Green? Right. What's, wrong with, what's wrong with talking to Joakim Noah? Oh, because since the media don't put their name out there, they're not, hey, I bet you can't beat them on a one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, get, I, just, I just get tired of that type of stuff. Yeah. He's definitely a great fit for the Clippers, man. I yeah. enjoy it. I love what he brings. Just he's one of the better screeners in the game, one of the better passing big men. And I just think he blends right in with his attitude. Um, you know, and as far as the game last night, I know that it probably wasn't the ending that you wanted. <laughs> I know it's got to be a heartbreaker, but I mean, they look good for not having Lou Williams. And I, I was really impressed with the way they played. Um, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing for the Clippers that separates them from other teams moving forward. What do you think that they really have to focus in on to win this title? I mean, our bench is going to be fantastic, man. Once, once Lou and, and Montrez get back, I mean, just imagine if we had Lou and Montrez last night, the game would have been over. Yeah. So those, those, so you knew that our bench that we had could, could produce. Yeah. And we we almost, we almost won it still. And they, yeah. And, and and the Lakers were healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Lou Williams is a walking bucket, too. I mean, that's a lot of points you're missing out on. And Harrell with the offensive rebounds. I mean, I think you're totally right. I mean, if they have their bench, it's a different game. A whole different game. And everybody knows that. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you know basketball, you know that. If you don't – if you're just a, a fair-weather fan that just, you know, just comes to the game because the Lakers are winning right now, yeah, you, you're not going to understand that part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, there, there is one more question I have for you before we get to a quick lightning round. Um, 
I just want to know what what was what was Lou Williams doing? I mean, I know these guys are people, and it's really it's hard to ask them to stay in the bubble. But I mean, Lou Williams left the bubble because a, a good friend, a good friend that helped him, that raised him, passed away. So oh. he wants he wants to show his respect. See, a lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people yeah. didn't you know didn't realize that. So that's why he left the bubble in the first place. He's in Atlanta. He goes. He goes to the Magic City where they got where they got lemon pepper wings that's named after him, and he stopped by there to pick up some food, and uh, and that's his, that's his, one of his favorite restaurants. He he said it in previous interviews before, and you know what he did, I didn't feel like he 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 disrespected anybody because if you if you went to Buffalo Wild Wings or Wingstop would have been a difference. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Will we be talking about it right now? Good point. So people, you know, people, people, you know, I've just learned that the media has always something to say, uh, something, you know, good to say or bad to say about people because negative is always what people want to talk about anyway. But what he did, I felt was, was very, very, I mean, you know, you go by your, you go by your restaurant, you get you something to eat, jump on a plane. That's what he did. Yeah. And I'm really glad you said that because you're, it's totally true. Like the media only wants to say, you know, announce the negative parts of the news. I'm really glad that you said that because I mean, we didn't really know about the passing of his friend, you know, we didn't really know about those things. So, I mean, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. So, you know, and he, so he went out there, he came on back, he came back into the, so the, so the, the NBA wanted a little punishing because he was, since he went to a, strip club they said we're gonna give him 10 days instead of the the, the two to four days right. so yeah. it, it is what it is you know we lost the game we got to move on as long as you know it wasn't a playoff game so i'm not i'm not worried i'm not concerned about it but the laker fans need to be concerned okay yeah. because if if we was two solid men short of our of our bench players you know the best six the two the two six man of the year, you know. So you gonna tell me if they was playing that we that we wouldn't have been in the game? Come on, man. We would. We would, we would have been. So yeah. you know, if you if you if you say that, if you say the Lakers still would have won, you people people definitely was hallucinating. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be crazy to see how I mean this Laker Clipper rivalry. I mean because. A lot of people in LA want to say it's always going to be a Laker town. I don't live in LA. I mean, what kind of what kind of feeling do you get? Because I feel like it is slowly becoming a Clipper town in LA. Like I just feel I, that. I've been living in this town all my life. It's always been a Laker town. Yeah. Now the Clippers are about to put a dent out in, in it, and the Laker fans are scared. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you're, and you know what, Daryl, you're right, man, because it, it, you see it. Can I ask you a question? I'm so curious. Um, does Does Billy Crystal still go to the games? Yeah. Okay. I was just. I was. Cu- I was curious if he if he was still going to the games or not. Hey, he sits courtside. Yeah. I, I was always wondering because I know he's been a staple at those games for mm-hmm. God forever. forever. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny about him, right? He had to when he moved out here, right? Because you know he's he's a Knicks fan. Oh yeah. So, um, so when he moved out here, he had to acquire a team, and he said he couldn't cheer for the Lakers. So he said he gonna acquire the Clippers. Oh, now, but if if people don't know this, right? I'm gonna tell you a little secret. When Billy Crystal comes to the games, when we play the Knicks, you know he has a Knicks shirt underneath his. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to root for your team that you've been rooting for forever, man. Exactly. <laughs> He's a Nick at heart, man. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I love Billy Crystal. Nice, yeah. nice. I was, always, I was always wondering that. Uh, you want to, you want to do that lightning round? Yeah, hey, man, uh, whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. A, we'll do a quick lightning round with you before we let you go. Um, but uh. We're going to ask you about five quick questions. The first one I want to know, what was the first Clipper jersey or item that you purchased as a fan? Uh, oh, ooh. Ooh. It, I bought a hat. I bought a Clipper hat. When when I got fired from a job, 
And and it, it was funny because you know where I picked it up at? A yard sale. <laughs> That's wow. amazing. It was a yard sale, man. I paid one I paid one dollar for it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's it was a clipper. Uh I'm gonna kinda ask an extension to that question. What's your most uh cherished and valuable um item, clipper item that you that you bought? Oh, my clipper car. Okay. Um Who's the one player that played for the Clippers that you enjoyed watching the most? Man, as long as you put on that red, white, and blue uniform, I got love for you, man. I love <laughs> to watch everybody. Nice. Nice. Uh, who's the worst actor? Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, or Darius Miles? Ooh. I think, I think <laughs> honestly, man, I love this guy, man, but Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, greatest memory as a Clipper fan. I know there's got to be a lot. Oh man, sitting, uh, being, being when Donald Sterling put me on a plane, standing in the Reds Carlton, man, game seven of the 2006 playoffs, man, against the Phoenix Suns. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, and then the last one, I want to know your personal Mount Rushmore for Clippers players. Everybody. <laughs> I, I respect I that answer. Yeah, I can't. I I, I don't have. I, I, honestly, man, I don't have any favorites, man. You know, I got I got players that I do more stuff with, but none of my favorites, man. If Odin Polonese called me, like he was on my show last night, coming in because I did a, a live a live broadcast with watching the game last night. So Odin Polonese came through. Marcellus Wiley, like, I mean, these 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 guys are 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 are. Uh, our staples, man, in my life, man, has been around, man. I still, you know, still talk to Keith Claus, man. We do a lot of charity events together. So I don't have no favorites, man. When it comes to the when it comes to the Clippers, nah. And you know, I probably wouldn't believe anybody else with that answer, but I do believe you because I see yep. how passionate you are. And I just think that you're such an important staple to that Clippers team. And I mean, I, I just love your approach to it too. You know, the clean chance. I mean, it's all with love and I, you show the same respect to the opposing teams and I've always respected that. So uh, Clipper Daryl, pleasure having you on. Um, Eric, do you have any other questions for Clipper Daryl? No, I really enjoyed talking to you, sir. And, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to plug anything that you wanted to plug right now. Hey man, just if people want to follow me, man, my, all my Instagram, my website, uh, Clipper Daryl is at Clipper Daryl, but what I am doing that that people if people want to be a part of, and if you feel like you're a super fan or you want to jump on, I'm doing I'm on this mic I'm on I'm on this new app called Hot Mic, it's H O T W I W I mean H O T M I C dot I O. Go to that website, download the app, enter the code Fan Truth, and you're gonna come on live with me at any on any Clipper game. So if whoever the Clippers are playing, if it's your team, come on. If it ain't your team, you just want to hang out and watch the game with me. That's what I do. So that's what I'm going to be doing for here on out for the rest of the season and, and, and into the playoffs, man. So if people want to come hang out with me, just go to that uh go to that website, you know, type in the code fan true and we and we in together, man. And then nice. follow me on social media and get updates. Hey, thanks so much for all your time this morning. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck in this weird season, my friend. We both really feel like your team is stacked from head to toe. And I think that's an important thing with the NBA is actually having, like we talked about, a bench and role players. And and, uh, good luck to the Clips this year. This is the Steve Bomber era. It's our time. When October 2020 comes, we're going to be holding up that Larry OB, man. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm telling you right now. I mean, you guys are, like I said, you guys are stacked. It would not surprise me at all. Most importantly, though, they got that. They got the mentality. They got the hunger for it. Yeah. I feel it. I totally feel it. I agree. I agree. Mr. Daryl, Clifford Daryl, thanks for your time, sir. Have yourself a wonderful weekend, okay? Appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a great interview. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And look, if you haven't checked out his live feeds, his live feeds are a lot of fun. I really enjoy listening to him on the live feed. And I mean, you just can't find any more passionate fans than Clipper Daryl. Oh, he's a blast, man. Within the first two minutes, I knew it was going to be a great interview. You could just tell the, the feel the guy had, it was amazing. And, and, uh, he bring, like you said, man, he brings that passion. And the thing that's, that I like about him too, is he's a smart fan. 
Yeah. He understands. He understands role players. He understands the bench. He understands. He understands. He understands how basketball is supposed to work, which which is honestly refreshing. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, a few weeks ago when we were talking about fans at games. Is in our Mouse at the Palace episodes where we we're saying most guys that you know are obnoxious and show a lot of like hatred towards other teams or players. They're always the guys that never played before. And yep. you can tell that he's not that. Like, he's just the, like we said, the clean heckler, the knowledgeable fan that just cheers for his team. And it's always in a positive matter. And yeah. I just respect guys like that. And you can just tell he's got a, a really good basketball IQ. Man, I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. I don't have a horse in the race every year because of the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root for the Clips this year. Yeah. Daryl. They, they deserve it a lot, and especially fans like him who have really stuck yeah. it out through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, I just would really like to see the Clippers get it done because for so long they were known as, like, the laughing stock of the league. Yeah. And, I mean, for them to win a title, I just think that that would do so much for that organization, but also the city. Like, I feel like it would create, yeah. you know, a really fun rivalry between the Lakers Clippers. Like, I know it's already there, but it would really make it a lot of fun. It, it would definitely – it's kind of funny because you brought up in the interview when we were talking about the, the Laker Clipper thing because there's other places like, like the Knicks, the Knicks-Nets thing, which is a fucking joke, you know. But I bet you that's what it used to be like back then yeah. you know what i mean and now you're starting to see like the clippers you know playing i mean we talked about it i think in the beginning of the season remember when we we're in the year review when we were talking yeah. about that team finding a way to gel and if that team found a way to gel that team was going to be really dangerous yeah you know what i mean and i think you were high on them and i wasn't because I felt like they needed a year to gel, and then the year after they'd be really strong. But then, none of, no one knew what the hell was going to happen with this coronavirus thing. So it's, I think that threw all, I think it threw all bets off. But really, when you look at that team, that team's put together well. It's coached well. It's, yeah. it, 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 that, and you know what's funny is, people aren't really talking about them. Have you noticed that? And I think they like it that way. Honestly. Yeah. And uh, so the reason I always thought that, th that they were going to gel just fine, you, when you look at their all-stars, I mean, when you look at Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I mean, they truly are low-maintenance all-stars for, yeah. like, certain guys around the league. You know, compared to, like, a LeBron, they're pretty low-maintenance. And they also play both sides of the ball. I mean, they're great defenders. Yeah. And they're, and they're long and they're athletic. On top of that, they're pretty damn good at scoring the basketball. And then you add personalities like Patrick Beverly around them, who, if you watch the sequel to Hoop Dreams, that guy fought for every single thing he's ever earned. Like, I mean, I know all these guys have, but really Patrick Beverly is the definition of that. Then you got a guy like Montrezl Harrell. Like, you just have a bunch of dogs, a bunch of guys that are just hungry every single possession. They don't take plays off. And I think at the end of the day – the toughest team is going to come out of this bubble. It's all about who adjusts the best. And I just think that these guys have the personality and the mentality and the mindset to really tough this one out. I, I just do. Think about how many scores they have too. Like, yeah. I think that's another thing that's important besides your role players and your defense. Cause you're right. I mean, I'm, I mean, can we really, is it safe to assume that, that um, Kawhi is the best two way defender in the league? I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, or at least second, you know, like he's in the top three conversation no matter what. You know, you got, you got guys like that, but then you got three guys legitimately that can score. Yeah. Which means you have to stop three guys. Uh -huh. It's not like you stop one guy or two. It's not like – like, take a look at the Lakers. For example, if you stop LeBron and, and you stop AD, you pretty much stop that team. But right. if you stop one of the two guys – you can pretty much stop that team. But with yeah. the Clips, you have to stop Paul George. You have to stop um, Kawhi. But then you got to stop Williams off the bench. Because, yeah. I mean, you're not lying. When you were telling him, when you were telling Daryl he gets buckets, I mean, he gets he buckets. Easily go for 30, 40. I've seen him get bench. You know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah. I mean, if, if he gets going, the game's over. 
If if you're gonna let yeah. Lou Williams score thirty points, I would probably bet anything that the Clippers are gonna win that game. Oh, hands down. hands down. I'm, they're they're a dangerous team, man. And then I think adding Noah, it's just like when you add all these personalities. I, I guess Bruiser would be a good term for him, but a guy like Noah, Harold, Beverly, guys that are constantly just like in your face, really like up your ass on defense. Essentially, it it wears you out. They're going to wear teams down, and especially when you get a seven-game series, I, I could totally see that team just wearing other teams down. Here's another thing that you guys aren't talking about, the media is not talking about. There's low tread on, yeah. on Noah. Yeah. There's low tread on him, man. He has played not that much in the last couple of years, so his age isn't really his age. I mean, he's, 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 not, he's not an old mid-30s guy he's a guy that has played sparingly because you gotta remember with the Knicks he got suspended for like a shitload of games yeah. and then he had the contract dispute stuff so he didn't play much you know and then he went where'd he go he went to Memphis right Memphis for a minute yeah and I mean he looks like he's in great shape too I mean he really does he, he and he's so weird isn't he dude it's like <laughs> that gangly weird look. he looks like some fucking homeless crazy dude doesn't he and he but he but he plays he's one of those guys like we talked about in, in the daryl pod it's like he just plays well and he's hey. that guy he's like he's almost like what we talked about with like odom yeah right he's that guy that will sneakily get points and rebounds and assists on you and you'll be like how did that guy just get that on me Hey, he's a winner, too. I mean, he yeah. won those titles at Florida in college. I mean, yeah. that was one of the more dominant college teams of our time. And yeah. he, huge, huge part of that. And I think, um, I think, that, I think that's going to play a factor. I just think that he has the, the winning mindset. He had it in Chicago. He's had it everywhere he's gone. And, yeah. I mean, I think this is a great fit for him. I wonder how much that is of his dad. Because, you yeah. know, his dad was a famous tennis player. Right, yeah. I wonder how much of that rubbed off on him in terms of, of winning. Um, hey, real quick before we leave, I just I want to say thanks to you, my friend, and I want to say thanks to Wiley and Craig uh, for picking up the slack. I don't talk about much personal stuff, but I had a seizure a week and a half ago and uh, put me in the ICU and almost killed me. So um, that's why you didn't hear me. And, uh, man, it felt great to be back on again today. So thanks for uh, – Thanks for taking a chance on me so quickly back into the, the swing of things. And it just felt nice to be back in interviewing people and, and talking about basketball. So, yeah. so that, that's why I was gone, ladies and gentlemen, friends of the show and fans of the show. I was, uh, it was an ICU for five days, um, kind of pulling my life back together, but uh, things are going pretty good. And today I, I feel great. So it's nice to be back. Back on the horse again, man. So thanks for holding the fort down, dude, and and um, thanks for thanks for helping out. Yeah, and it's it's great to have you back, man. And um, you know, definitely gave me a perspective. You know, to go home and say I love you to my loved ones and everything. I mean, got to cherish every minute of life. And so you true. Know, yeah, and you're a brother to me, so I'm glad you're doing well, and it's great thanks, to have man. you back. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to be back, man. And we got some more. We got some more guests coming up soon. We got some. We got some uh, interviews. We almost got nailed down that I think are going to be exciting. So, um, let's get the hell out of here, man. Have yourself a great weekend, dude. It's so nice to be back in the house again. Um, yeah, anything good to have you back. Thanks, man. Hey, real quick, takes two seconds to subscribe. We've been getting more reviews. We're over fifty-three reviews now, which is unbelievable. Um, really makes a difference. And hey, we charted in Canada. Yeah, that's big news. We that's, charted I, in I Canada. Thank and, you, Eddie you know, Robinson. I, <laughs> I, I got to say, um, Eddie Robinson and the people in his circle have been so great to us. Um, got a per personal message from a few of his people just uh, really thanking us for having him on and you know asking nice. us if we can hear the podcast. And they've been retweeting the episode a lot. So, I'm giving them 100% credit for helping us chart in Canada. That's awesome. And uh, Eddie Robinson is great. If you haven't heard that interview, it, it, he's a really, really great interview. He was a lot of fun. A lot of respect for that guy.
Yeah, that's on that's on the agenda today, my friend, is to take a listen to that pod for sure. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Like I said, so nice to be back. Um, and we'll catch you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Um, enjoy some NBA basketball. <laughs>